This is the All Sports Podcast devoted to your favorite teams in North Texas. Welcome to Ballsy, a production of the Dallas Morning News and Sports Day. Our weekly show is proudly hosted. Okay, strike that. Our show is hosted by Kevin Sherrington, Evan Grant, and myself. I'm David Moore, and who knows, maybe we'll have a special guest or two along the way. In this episode, we're going to be talking about the Dallas Cowboys. Catch other episodes by subscribing to the Ballsy Podcast on iTunes. We're also on social media. Just search Ballsy Podcast on Facebook and Twitter, and you'll be notified of the latest episode. Don't forget, it's Ballsy with a Z. Are you ready, sports fans? Ballsy starts now. Hello, everybody. Welcome into Ballsy, the Sports Day DFW Dallas Morning News Sports Podcast. I am Kevin Sherrington, joined in the studio today by Evan Grant. We would have had uh, David Moore on, but we had some technical difficulties. We're going to try a new tactic today. What is that? We're going to um, relay the the comments <laughs> of our co-host. We're going to lead out a window through here. our bodies. <laughs> Um, maybe, maybe we could do it this way, Kevin. What's that, Evan? Maybe like I could just play the part of David. Oh, again. <laughs> wow. <laughs> All right. So anyway. That was mean. Oh, no. Oh, Come we're... on, Tommy. The problem is not that the art is the best. <laughs> <laughs> that was meaner. David likes his these. Um, uh, he's speaking when he does that. He's speaking in the biblical sense. Yes, and no contractions. King James. Yeah, no contractions. Yeah. Um, he also doesn't use a lot of ums, which you and I both do. Yeah, that's true. Uh, so let's um, let's get. But to we the did part. talk to David. Yes, we, we did. talked to David about the Cowboys and right. uh, and what I believe what week. he said was the less said the better. <laughs> yeah, what he said was that Tyron Smith is definitely out, and now Lyle Collins who, according to our old pal Babe Loffenberg, says is the only offensive lineman for the Cowboys who had a good game against the Saints. He said he had a terrific game against the Saints, and everyone else struggled, and that's why Zeke Elliott had no place to run. What a costly late-game sack that was. Yes, it was. Oh, you, are you talking about uh, – which sack are we talking the about? The one where where Prescott rolled over, uh, rolled over Tyron's – Oh, Ankle yeah, yeah, lift. absolutely, yeah, absolutely. I, just, I thought maybe you were talking about uh, Teddy Bridgewater's sack, which no. put the Cowboys back in the game. Right, and then they Briefly. got the ball back, and yeah. then they got sacked and crazy. lost their left tackle for yeah. God knows how long. Crazy. Very crazy game. Uh, but you know, Lyle Collins now has having back problems, and he might be out too. So against the Packers, the Cowboys could be out both of their tackles, which would be really bad, uh, at which point I guess Cam Fleming probably goes in at the left tackle – and then uh, um, Connor Williams, the second-year guard out of Texas, would shift to right tackle, and then Xavier Suafilo would become the left guard. That, and I'm going to tell you something. I'm no football expert, but yeah. that doesn't sound good to me. No, that's not good, yeah. especially especially when things go bad, and this is what we talked about with David as well. When things go bad with the Cowboys, as they do in the Superdome, a very tough place to play. i got to tell you, I'm sitting in that press box, which is open. It's an open-air press box. Uh, that's as loud as any stadium. And, and I've been there before, and it always is, especially for a night game when the, when the populace has gotten a little liquored up. Uh, it's, it gets pretty loud in that place. And it was loud from pretty much start to finish. 
Uh, so it's difficult, you know. It's di- if, especially if you want to run uh, a no huddle offense. If you're if you're trying to make if you're trying to do things at at the line of scrimmage, well, it's very difficult to do stuff. So okay, so I give them that. This was going to be harder to do what you want to do, but I, the problem was is that they they get too conservative. They go back to the very roots of of what they are, which is. Turn around, stick the ball in Zeke's stomach, and we'll, and let him run into a brick well, wall. Well, hang hang on one second. Go let, right ahead. Let's take it. one one step back be, before this because I, on the surface, don't think that there was any shame in them losing this game at New Orleans. No, um, not any shame. But you, they they sh- they could have and should have won. They could have and should have won. That's yeah. and, and and that is the bottom line. They, this was always going to be the first real test, and there sure. was it was going to be a fifty fifty game. No matter how you sliced it, but you, simply because they are the Saints, and simply because of that home field advantage, right? Um, but the fact that the Cowboys had an opportunity to win, uh, that they did control the Saints' offense, which obviously was going to be somewhat limited without Drew Brees, right? Um, and that they they lost without giving up a touchdown is, uh, you know, it's an opportunity lost for them. Yeah, um, for sure. And and now to your point, I think. When you get down to that, it's like you start to figure out, <coughs> well, why did they why did they get beat? Was the scheme too conservative, or was it simply that their skill set up front is not as good as we we believed it was in the first three games? All right, so so clearly you're going to have a difficult time winning, uh, or at least uh, scoring points if your offensive line is not executing. Right. Okay? So that appears to have been the, the, the biggest part of the problem was they simply weren't blocking the Saints. They simply were not giving Zeke Elliott any place to run. Um, so, okay, I get that. But let me ask you this. In, when you watch college football, you watch college football some. I watch both. You watch both? Both the NFL and, and I, I don't understand football as well as I would like to. Well, yeah, we know that. But you um, don't understand anything as well as baseball, but that's okay. But let me ask you this. If you are if you, if you are a, a school, a football program, not as well-equipped as another one, you know, you, you don't have great offensive linemen. Right. So what do you do? You've got to counter them somehow. You've got to. you got to trick it up. Yes. You, you can't not go. Basic. You cannot go fundamental. Your your whole point here is that the Cowboys were too were too basic, were too conservative with their with their play calling. And I think what David was saying to us is his biggest issue is that look at their core, this is what the Cowboys are, a basic offense, and at the first sign of trouble, they what do they do? They 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 withdrew from the creativity and the downfield ability that they showed. Um, I guess my biggest question would be: Was the da- did they not go to the downfield vertical game out of choice, or did they not go there because they simply didn't have an option? They didn't have time to get Dak out of the opportunity. I, to throw. I don't know that it's so much that though. It's like uh, the, the point is that how great did Tony Pollard look the week before? Mm-hmm. He got two snaps in this game. Two snaps. Um. And and well, because the, the Cowboys were playing from behind the whole time, and they they needed one possession, and they were going to ride their workhorse. Right? True, but who was and so? But also, who led the team in the receptions? Zeke Elliott with right. six. You know, wasn't a lot more than anybody else, but he got a lot of targets. Right. You know? 
I, I'm not. I don't, because I don't, nothing was downfield. Yeah, Everything I, was like a swing pass. Uh, yeah, I, I yes, exactly. He he became his safety valve. Right. So uh, I, I'm. So is that on Dak? Is that on the play call? Well, you know, it used to be the safety valve was Cole Beasley. You would have assumed that now the safety valve would be Randall Cobb. Right. You know, because he's playing the slot. But but Amari Cooper plays the slot as well. This was a very poor game for Amari Cooper. He got two pass interference calls. There's some thinking that, you know, well, we know that he's hurt. You know, he's playing through that. How much of that is a factor in this game? I don't know. The Saints played him very well. They were right on top of him. And you, you didn't have Gallup as another option. Didn't right, have so. Gallup. Uh, you know, and then Jason Witten fumbles after a long gain. And, and uh, how about that? Okay, so that was the most amazing stat for me. Um, and I don't think that I've ever been watching the TV live during a Jason Witten fumble. I honestly don't think I've seen him fumble before. The stat was that was his ninth NFL fumble in 16 seasons. Yeah, that's pretty amazing. So once every two years. that The, the guy <coughs> – excuse me. Um, you're supposed to hit your little panic yeah, button. Panic button. I'm not panicking. You're, you're hitting talking. it now while you're talking. Um, <laughs> doesn't it work in reverse? <laughs> no, it does not. The, 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 uh, I'm getting off, tar- uh, off topic a little bit, but uh, yeah, that was – you knew things were not going well for the Cowboys when he fumbled because he may not get you much yards – after catch yeah that was one of the that was but the guy is as safe oh, well. in protecting the ball as anybody i've ever seen and that was kind of the crazy thing was that his yards after catch for the last you know he did of course didn't play last year but for the last several years before that were not good right and then this was a case where he was getting downfield and getting them in position and then fumbles right so uh so, he actually yeah. was running with the ball yeah and, and, fall and, down jason fall so, down so then zeke elliott also fumbled uh, you said you tweeted back at me that that was a good call. From where I was sitting, it was hard to tell. The TVs are not really close to us, and they're kind no, of no, no. I, 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 I did not. Um, it it uh, the, most of the feedback I was getting on social media was that that he was down, that the elbow was down. Yeah, um, the shoulder and elbow looked down, and, and 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 I was I was almost shocked that they didn't reverse that call. Yeah. So, and that's an pivotal play, right? You right. know, you don't get that, uh, and, and they still got to go all the way down the field. So who knows what happens? But those were two critical turnovers uh, right there for the Cowboys. And, um, and yeah, you know, and, and this is the point I made in my column. They did not look any good in this game, right? But the point is that everybody has a, a bad loss. And, that, and this was not a particularly bad loss. You, you're going into New Orleans and losing to the Saints even without it, Again, days. it's not a bad loss on the surface. But there's undercurrents there that are that are disconcerting. Yes, they right? are, and disappointing to the fan base. You know, because here's the thing: because if you had lost, if you had lost doing all the things that you did against other clubs, or at least tried to do with some regularity there, mm-hmm. um, then you say, okay, New Orleans was just the superior club, the, the superior team at home, even with the Witten fumble. You know, there are some things that you don't ever anticipate that that do happen. But the fact that that they were that they were conservative, that they tried repeatedly to just run the ball um, when when it it wasn't it just wasn't there for them. Uh, that was the, dis, the the disconcerting element of this loss. Yeah, it is, and and so we'll see what happens. And as I pointed out, the good you know the the, the Rams lost you right. know and uh, to Tampa and, Bay. To, yeah, and, now, who expects the Rams to get out outgunned by Tampa Bay at home? They right. lost at home to Tampa Bay. So uh, what happens is is that but the good teams don't let those games pile up. Correct. You have one of those. You can't let this spill over in now. But now you have issues because now you've got personnel issues going sure. into Green Bay. 
and that's and, and Green Bay has not been very good offensively, but they've been very good defensively this year. Now the Cowboys are at home, and this is a, and the Packers coming off a, t- a, a, a disappointing loss at home. Well, it, it, but but the thing about the Cowboys this year, and we didn't really talk about this, but we we used to talk about it when when Jerry World was not a home field advantage for the Cowboys, and now it is, and now they're playing very well at home. So I would expect the Cowboys to come back here and win this game against the Packers, although it's really going to be problematic if they're missing two tackles. Uh, that's going to make that almost a pick em game, I would think, uh, if, the, if both those guys are out. So uh, w- we'll see what they can do here. But there's no question that they, 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 at least with the fans, they squandered a lot of good feelings. This was uh, the fan base was as uh, as excited about the Cowboys as I have seen them in years, you know, with this idea that oh my gosh, you know, yes, we've come out of the, you know this Neanderthal age and we're actually going to do what other teams are doing now and look at the success that the team is having and then go down there and play like that. The, yeah, the the sculpture of Kellen Moore they they've stopped kind yeah, of that's right. at the bus. No more. Still, still just his headset yeah. and in a big rock. Um no more but, talk about him being a head coach. That's correct. Um he went from being Kellen who to Kellen Moore. Oh my gosh, he's going to be a head coach. Maybe the coach of the Cowboys. To Moore Kellen, yeah. And yeah. then it was like uh, what happened. I, I I would say this though. Um even with the Saints missing uh, Drew Brees. Um, well, it's still a really good team. Yes, and and to give up. Michael Thomas is one of the best receivers. To in not NFL. give. I, when was the last time the Saints did not score a touchdown at home? Probably forever. I I, I don't know. I didn't see that stat. Anymore. Yeah, I, I I mean it was. Uh, yeah, they're, they're listen. You know, Alvin Kamara. He's he's tremendous. You know, he's he's a great running back. Um, you didn't see the uh, since uh, yeah, I was watching on TV. You were at the game. They showed some of Kamara's um, balance workouts, really? uh, video of his balance workouts, and what he does on the balance ball um, is was, just ridiculous. He's uh, you know the the great thing about him is that inside outside uh, glancing blow. You, you're not going to. Well, it was the balance. I mean, because yeah, you, you know you on first contact, you weren't going to get him down unless you were able to just tackle him head on. Yeah, um, he's terrific. He's terrific. And you know, t- and Teddy Bridgewater is is. Also, I'd like to point out that they won with four field goals by Will Lutz. Will Lutz of Georgia State University. Wow! So you got a kicker. We've got a kicker in the NFL, and he's a good one. He's a darn good one. He's a darn good one. He's a darn. Good <laughs> Are they going to statue up of him in uh, Georgia State? Yeah. Um, probably. Yeah, probably. Actually, they probably. Hey, you want to donate some more money to the football program? We yeah, only got nine hundred and fifty thousand from Tennessee. Yeah. So anyway. Um, what was I going to say? But but the, the thing, the, me. but I will. The the it was the kind of the classic bend but don't break defense. You know, I thought the Saints moved the ball well on them. Yeah, they did, and and the Cowboys didn't. And the, the Saints didn't try and do anything too fancy. I, I thought that even on deep, even though the Cowboys didn't give up uh, a touchdown to the Saints. Look, it's it's with the backup quarterback. Right. He's the most expensive backup quarterback in the NFL. He has been a starting quarterback. But Teddy is Teddy, you know, basically what he does, he throws underneath. He did throw downfield a couple of times in this game, which uh, surprised me a little bit. Made some nice throws, but also they the, had the one flea. They tried the one flea flicker which too. Went right? Yeah, it didn't go anywhere. And and then and then the the, the taking the sack. I mean, that was just inexcusable. Almost cost them the game. Right. 
uh, you know, just just the worst thing you could have done. These are the kind of things that he's kind of done in his career. He is he has taken too many sacks. Uh, he is very careful. He doesn't turn the ball over a lot. He doesn't throw a lot of interceptions. The interception that that he threw was not his fault. Guy goes up, he gets hit, and the ball comes out. So it's not so that he's not the kind of guy who gets you in trouble. He's just the kind of guy who doesn't really win games for you. Right. So uh, so the Saints are going to be. They're going to still be okay, but they're not going to be. I mean, this was a team that I picked to be in the Super Bowl to win the Super Bowl. I picked the Saints to win it. Mm-hmm. So the, this is a really good team, uh, uh, but without Drew Brees, that's that's a lot. That's a Hall of Famer. So correct, big step down. All right, let's let's talk a little bit about uh, so the Cowboys uh, going forward now. If they get uh, Michael Gallup is back uh, and was at practice working out, uh, how much difference that would have but made? But uh, well. Make? going forward i don't know that it's going to make a big difference this week because i i do fear based on what david said i want to go back to the interview that we conducted with david (laughs) that we're airing right now um with with no tackles to protect dak right on design pass plays right how much throwing do you think jason garrett is going to approve in that game plan let's say well i i I agree that will be more difficult because he'd only been sacked twice going into the saints game and so that's what that was the speculation going in well how well will he respond in the face of that uh i think you know what what i do is that i do more zone read with him uh, in this game i throw more bubble screens uh I, i try to do something to to counteract the rush you're going to get here, right? Mm-hmm. And so uh, so no, he's not going to be able to stand back there in the pocket and bounce around for you know four or five seconds. You know that's just not going to happen. It didn't really. There were only up. There was probably six plays I thought in that game against the Saints, six seven plays where he looked comfortable in the pocket. Almost the entire first half, he's bouncing a lot. You can you can tell it's 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 he's not seeing anything. And uh, and he's taking too long. Let me ask you this, and I wasn't paying close enough attention on Sunday night because I honestly I got home right around the second quarter from the closing of the ballpark, and um, and you were drunk, frankly, weren't you? I was. I was yeah. drunk with ecstasy. Um, not ecstasy, the drug. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just stop. Um, no kidding. But uh, did you, you know my big concern always is I I feel like Dax mobility and, and and ability to run with the ball I think is always an underutilized weapon yeah uh did you feel that way on Sunday did you feel like they could have countered some stuff if they had moved him a little bit more well you know they don't they didn't see they didn't roll him out I don't remember any rollouts that's what I'm, I'm I, asking I don't remember I'm, any bootlegs I don't remember anything like that you know it's all it's on deadline it's a little hectic you know how that is you're you're got your head down it's, right it's, a lot so. I mean this is it's amazing that you know the, the the secret is that when you cover a game on deadline, most often you don't watch as much of the game no, as you don't. actually like to watch. No, you don't. But uh, but no, there was but there was none of that. When we talk about what the you know, first of all, and I think I've said this before, and I would think that would be a pretty simple adjustment in game, right? You well, know? I mean, you you would think so, but that's that's what it felt like. I felt like. You felt like they were intractable, and it, that's always the issue with with this offense. It, right? And David says that oh, that you know that Jason Garrett because I was didn't get back in the town till late Tuesday night, so I missed the first couple of press conferences. Because you spend the next twenty four hours just eating. Forty eight hours actually. Okay. Yeah. Uh, is that uh, uh, Jason says? Oh, you know, uh, 
No, we, we were we were just as creative as always, and and uh, it, it, we just got whipped at the line of scrimmage, which they did get whipped at the line of scrimmage. Right. Okay, so that's that's a great point, but you don't do anything to counteract that. You don't do anything as as I said. If if you are getting whipped at the line of scrimmage, then you need to do something to counteract. But that. But this has always been kind of your point, is that and, and David's point too. I think I think he's he's harped on this, is that Jason's going to go in with a game plan and. Come hell or high water, he's going to stick to that game plan. And there's some, there's something admirable to that in that, look, we've studied this for a full week. This is how we feel is the best way to attack this. But at some point in time in the game, you've also got to make some degree of adjustments. And it can't just be in the last two-minute drill of the game um, constantly because that's, a no. 50, that's going to be at best a 50-50 proposition, right? Yeah. They've had some success with that in the fourth quarter, and they've had a lot of failures with it too. So um, I, I think, you know, the, the flaw that we've seen with Jason Garrett continually um, when this team loses has been a, a perception that maybe they don't adjust uh, to counteract something quick enough. Fair to say? Sure, but that's that's true about Jason across the board. That's, you, no, he, but that's what I'm saying. Everybody I mean, says, you know, from from that's from, your biggest that's from, your biggest fault with him. From Monday through Saturday, he's as good a coach as there is right. in the NFL. It's a Sunday. That's a problem. For Preparing him. a game plan, he's great, and he believes in that game plan. And there's and something he, to be and said he, for and that. He, and he puts it together, and he's and he's built a good culture. You know, they got good guys on this team. They got guys who work hard. Uh, all of that's good. It's what is clock – you know, it used to be it was like clock management, the things you do, and that's all part of – clock management is part of adjusting to what's happening in the game, right? Right. And I, I would say, look, you know, in baseball, you want continuity and consistency, and right. I think that's important. And and the whole idea that Chris Woodward tried to in, in, uh, infuse into this team this year was we're going to stick to the process, we're going to stick to the process. And there were a couple times I made jokes that it sounded very Jason Garrett-like. And that works over the course of 162 games. Right. You should the percentages do should play in your favor if you're able to stick to that process. Over the course of a 60 minute game with so much on the line, I think sometimes you um, you got to be able to it's seize stubborn. The moment. It's just yeah, it's it, it's stubbornness sometimes. I, I hate to say it that way because it's worked for them on plenty of occasions. But I think also in some of these big games. They just are a little bit too predictable and, and, and intractable in what they're going to do. And I think what happens with players – Intractable is my word of the I week. I like that. Intractable is a great word. Uh, what what happens – it happens more in a college game than it is a pro game. Because in the pros, these are veterans. These are men. You know, they're not like a college game. In a college game, the the, the kids automatically turn to the coaches when things are going wrong right. and go, oh, my gosh, what's happening? Are you going to do something to fix this? And the pros, there's still a little bit of that. Not as much, but there's still a little. And at some point, you know. We talk I, more uh, in the college game. We talk more about halftime adjustments than we do in the NFL. No doubt. I yeah, think. absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So, so yeah, I, I think that's all fair. And, and, and going back to that, and that was why. You've got more personnel in the college game, and you can change things up a little bit if you want. Yeah, for sure. And a lot of those, te- a lot of those teams can run a second quarterback out there for a set or two to try and, and change the look. And in, in the NFL, you've got your 53 guys and that you're, you know. Right. Well, you, you know. I, I, There's not a lot of drastic change. We don't want to overstate the, the loss to the Saints uh, because, as you said, for all the reasons we talked about. And because, you know, 
and this is a tough play. If Dak, when he did roll out one time and found Randall Cobb in the end zone, if he doesn't lead him a little too much, that's a touchdown instead of a field goal. That's an extra four points they win. Right. So, so it could have been as simple as that. Uh, if if they make if they make that catch in the back of the end zone, uh, and then the then the game is over and it goes the other way, and everybody's everybody's happy and and uh, rolling along at four and zero. There are only two four and zero teams in the in the entire National Football League. Those are the Patriots and the Chiefs. Right. Uh, uh, and I will say this: as great as the Patriots are, they haven't played anybody yet. The Bills and, were the best team they played, and they won by six. Yeah. Right. Um. Uh, and and the Chiefs uh, are four zero, but they have they're giving up a lot of points. Uh, and you know, and they are going to give up a lot of points. They, I mean, they, they're going to win shootouts, and it's not so not much a indictment on their defense. I think is that their offense moves the ball so damn fast that you know their defense be. is on is, is on the field a lot. Could be a little bit like it and, was at Texas Tech for uh, any any Pat team that's there. on the field that much defensively is going to give up some points the the, the offensive skill sets are and, and the offensive sets are just too dynamic these days all right let's talk about something else that we haven't talked about so far the best player on the field sunday was robert quinn the right defensive end for the cowboys uh from from the first snap on defense he was a terror i can't remember the last time i saw he ended up with two sacks should have been three there was a a face mask call on Shadobi Uzier. Uh, what in the world he was doing out there? People running past him. He's grabbing their face mask. He wasn't even in the play, uh, and he, he cost Quinn a sack on that. So he sh- should have had three sacks, three quarterbacks, hur- quarterback hurries, and a pass deflected, a pass defended. Uh, that's a phenomenal game for a defensive end. Uh, only his second game back. Uh, he was good in his first game back. Uh, and, and, you know, when I when – I, Talk to, or I don't talk to, but I, when I read our film studies major, John Owning, uh, and he talks about the fact that Quinn doesn't really have an assortment of moves. He's just all about speed. He's just trying to get around the tackle. And uh, that's a, a Pro Bowl tackle that he was going back uh, last year at, at left tackle, and he just made him dizzy running around him. It was unbelievable uh, the, the job he did. Um, you know, what I'm hearing from a lot of fans is that, uh, well, okay, he was great. What about Demarcus Lawrence? He's the guy that we're giving all this money to now, $20 million a year. Where was he in that game? Well, he's still struggling a little bit. Uh, he's, he didn't get as many double teams in that game as, as he usually does. And you would have expected him to, to play well because of that. Um, I think he's still kind of around into shape after the surgery on that torn labrum he had in his shoulder which, of course, he played with all last year. Uh, Demarcus Lawrence is more than just a pass rusher. He's also a very good run stopper. He's a very complete defensive end, and he plays very hard. Uh, I would, I am very loath to criticize him. Uh, I, fans just want to hear he's making $20 million a year. You know, wh- where are the sacks? Their defense is good. Pretty good. Uh, I thought this was a really good game for Jalen Smith. Uh, he had the, the week before he's had a lot of good games. Well, he has that, but not not so much last week. Uh, he sat out thirty five percent of the snaps last week uh, before the Saints game, and uh, and in this game he was very good. Went back to being the Jalen Smith we'd seen last year. Leighton Vanderesh played better as well. Um, I thought the, the the corners were pretty good. Michael Thomas is really good. It's hard to to hold him down uh, for an entire game. But again, uh, I, again, I think on the cornerbacks, 
and the secondary, a little bit of that has to be um, dim, not diminished, um, minimized to some extent by the fact that the Saints weren't really getting too much in the downfield creativity type element. No, there. no, they're, they're going, they were throwing underneath a lot. Uh, they did throw a few times, and you know, and Teddy made some nice throws. There were a couple of throws in there that were just terrific. So uh, they're they're still a good team. Uh, and I, better than I thought they would be. Uh, so uh, I, I think that this, you know, the, the Saints have not, their season is not over by any stretch of the imagination, and uh, they're still going to no. be contenders. Not in that division. Uh, the, yeah, they're, they're still going to be, yeah, because your Falcons are really good. So, yeah, the Falcons apparently, um, so the, the big story in Atlanta right now is, is Dan Quinn running out of time. Um, and, uh, my pal, Mark Bradley, uh, from the Atlanta journal and constitution, uh, wrote a column earlier this week talking about, you know, do you fire him now? Do you wait till after the season? The Falcons Instagram account, um, put up a picture of Julio Jones, uh, with both of his hands on the side of his helmet with the caption block the noise. And, um, Probably not the greatest use of words for the uh, for the social media team there at the Falcons because, as I noted to uh, Jeff Schultz of the Athletic, there it would be the first time this year they've blocked anything. Oh, um, that that is a team that is that would seem to be either underachieving or with a quarterback who's um, on the downside of his career. Matty Ice not uh, um, as icy as he as he used to be. The, uh, the the NFC South is not a real good division. He threw for a million yards the other day. Uh, yeah, I mean, he's throwing for yards. They're just not putting the ball in the end zone. I, uh, how many yards did he throw for Sunday? I thought he threw for 400 yards. 400 yards, and they scored how many touchdowns? Uh, one, one, I think. One touchdown, and he threw for over 400 there is, Yeah, I mean, they're just not – that division is not a good division. I think the Saints roll there. This was my question. I'm looking at the Cowboys' schedule, and we just talked about whatever is disconcerting this week. I'm looking at the schedule here, and I still see them not worse than eleven and five. No, 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 no. That th- this was. I thought there was a possibility going into the Saints game if they win this game against the Saints, possibility of thirteen and three. You know, who are your lo- your losses are New England. Yeah, uh, is New England uh, and uh, Philadelphia. I have them splitting with Philadelphia. Right, uh, and then the third loss. Would have been uh, the Rams. I don't. I, with them playing that game at home, I think they beat the Rams. My questions are: Do they beat the Packers now this week well, with the with the tackle up. situation? The Patriots, possibly the Bears in Chicago. Possibly the Bears in Chicago the Bears. And, and, and the Eagles splitting with the Eagles. So that would be if they lost all four of those games. That's eleven and five. Yeah, and, and you know that's fine. Eleven and five. Oh, that wins the division. Eleven right? and five wins the division. Uh, the Saints. Um, are still struggling. Uh, they're still having problems. Uh, so yeah, I, I think that this is. I think the Cowboys are are fine. I think what what the issue is is that this fan base has not bought into this team yet. You know, there is still everybody waiting to pounce to say, "See, Dak's no good. He's not worth that money. See, Zeke's not that good. He's not worth that money. Demarcus Lawrence is not good. He's not worth that money." You know, everybody wants to say somebody's not worth it. Well, know, I mean, I, I just think it comes down to this. At 20-plus years without a Super Bowl trip, 
nothing's going to be satisfying until this team runs deep into the playoffs. Sure. Um, I agree with that. But I, even, and, they, even that won't do it, though. I mean, if, if this team gets – I think this team should should get to the NFC Championship game. Mm-hmm. If they don't get to the NFC Championship game, if everybody's healthy – it's and a, they don't get there, then that's an indictment of Jason Garrett. It's a failure. Yeah, yeah I mean it's, it's a, a failure. failure. But I, if they I would get there. I don't know even know if that's. A I thing. would say this. I mean, I I think at eleven and five, I, I think even if they finish eleven and five, the NFC is so balanced and so weak this year that that might get them home field advantage. It could. I mean, because if you look at the teams that you just talked about on the schedule in the NFC, the, the Bears are one of the best. They have a great defense. Yes, a great defense but they've got zero offense they've got nothing on offense they can't they can't outscore you you know they just have to hold your head underwater for four quarters that that's how they win football games so yeah that's you know the the 49ers have been one of the most one of the best uh teams in the league which tells you they've been very surprising yeah so but i don't uh, think that's going to keep no i don't think so either no it won't play out over the course of the season so the cowboys are in a great position here this is I think things are really shaping up for them to be very good. You know, you never want to hear that thing about a loss is good for you. I don't know. If, I can't believe that in any shape or form that the Cowboys had big heads going into this Saints game. How, how could you have a big head going into that game? Hmm. Uh, I, but you would have to think, too, that they would realize now the things that we have to do. These, these are the things that we have to do to win games. We have to – we can't miss anywhere. Um, because it's not a it's not a dominant team. The Cowboys are certainly not a dominant team. They're a talented team. They're a young and talented team that is trending up. Right. This is this is a team that not only should be good this year, it should be good for three or four years. Uh, you would think at least. I mean, this is that they have they had one of the youngest teams in the league last year, maybe the youngest team in the league, um, and that's why. And that's why, you know, you know, when I write stuff about the Cowboys and talk about how good I think they're going to be, people always want to say, they haven't won in 23 years. There's, no, there's not going to be a verdict on this Cowboys team until they play their last game of the season. Yeah. But, whatever, but, but you have whatever to, that may be. But you have to look at the fact that they went to the second round of the playoffs, lost to the Rams by eight points uh, with a really young team. So did not play great in that, in that loss to the Rams, but still just lost by eight points. So – this is a team, I think, going some places. I thought early on we saw with this offense that Jason Garrett th- – th- see, this is the thing that, that bugged me about what Jason did on Sunday. I asked him this p- question point blank in a walk-off uh, one day. So – The walk-off being a question that's asked not in the press conference, the press but conference. at the end of the press conference off-camera. Thank you for that definition, Mr. Journalism. Well, I just think sometimes people don't get some of the terminology that we throw out there. We don't have a lot of terminology. We got like two things: walk off and death lunch. Lunch. <laughs> yeah. lunch. So, so anyway, <laughs> snacks. The the so and he said our object is to try to get the ball to as many people as possible. Then I thought, okay, now we're talking, right? This is this was this was the whole object of the offense to get it to as many people as possible. So who got the ball Sunday? Zeke Elliott. He caught all the passes and he got all the runs. So it's basically it was it went from as many people as possible to Zeke. You know, it, you know, things go bad, boom, we go right back to this guy because he's our best player. 
you know that's where we started with this and that's that's where we we finish is that this is this is the concern the tendency that this coach has the does not have the ability to just gunsling yeah um and, 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 that, and let me go back to that because the guy on the other sideline. I hate gunsling. He, to just freewheel it. The guy on the other sideline, he's got that ability. Right. Sean Payton, he just signed himself a new deal with the Saints. Jerry loves Sean Payton. I think Sean Payton loves Jerry. Why, why wouldn't you love Sean Payton? Well, but, he, but here's the thing. That is the one guy in the whole NFL that if he, if he called Jerry up and said, I'm out, you know, Come get me. Jerry would fly the pork chopper down there and pick him up, bring him right back, and say, Jason, we'll see you later. And and you know what? I don't have any problem with that. That guy is you – know, obviously, it's a different thing. You're playing at home. The fans aren't screaming when you're on offense. But the plays that he runs, the things that he does, you know, he, he did the flea flicker trying to give – you know, it didn't work. But he, I give him credit for trying it. There were other things that they did on offense there uh, that were so creative in, in what they were trying to do. Uh, they weren't just turning around and sticking the ball in somebody's stomach and say, here, we're just going to try to out-execute you. You know, you can't always do that against a team that is better than you. you. You have to try to trick it up a little bit. That's what I love about you know, giving the guy, giving Dak some options, like, like on a bootleg, which, you know, first of all, is there a – a, a quarterback in the league better suited for a bootleg than Dak Prescott. You wouldn't think so. Uh, you know, because of his running ability, because of his strength, what he can do down there, the options that he now has to throw to. Uh, I just, you know, those are the kind of things that they need to, to go back to. I, I, I feel like that they, when push comes to shove, they say, Zeke Elliott is our best player. We're going to give him the ball. I don't think – that's a good idea to always put the hand in the hands the ball in the hands of the running back. I think that that Dak Prescott is the guy who can make more things happen. When you put the ball in Zeke's hands, that's one guy. You put the if you put it on Dak to make this happen, he's got options. There's other people he can go to, and I think they need to be able to trust him to do that. I think that he has I think he has arrived at that point that he can do that. You just you just have to trust him. I don't think the Cowboys trust him that completely yet. I'm not disagreeing with you. Yeah. All right. That's going to be our Cowboys podcast for today. We want to thank you for listening. And uh, uh, by extension, David Moore, who was not listening, but we did interview him before this just to get his thoughts. Uh, because of our technical difficulties, we couldn't have David on. It was very sad. David cried. Not really. He said, he said this, you mean I can't be on the podcast? He didn't say that. He no. said, "You mean you mean I cannot be on the podcast?" That's what he. Boy, says. he's gonna kill you. <laughs> they do a they do a whole David Moore shtick on the ticket. I know. I wish somebody did a shtick on me. Uh, we'll do some shtick on you. And then we show that that'll happen after the after the podcast over. Okay. So everybody in here, everybody out there, bye. Thanks for listening to the Cowboys Ballsy Podcast. Be sure to subscribe to our weekly episodes on iTunes. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter, too. Just search the Ballsy with a Z podcast. Until next time, sports fans, we'll see you.